This is the qualified. The qualified. The qualified. The qualified. The qualified with Ryan Huff. What's going on, qualified family? Hope you're having an amazing day as always. And welcome back to the qualified. Y'all, where the ultimate goal is to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. How are you doing today? Hope you're having a super sparkly day, man. Hope you've been having a absolutely incredible week. And honestly, I've been having an incredible year as well. Um, tell you what, guys, I, uh, I'm not sure how long you've been following my content or not, but if you've been following me on Instagram more so, uh, you remember, might have been, I might have said it on here too, I'm not really sure, but I was just going off about how 2019 is going to be my breakthrough year, right? And honestly, dude, the past several months have really made me realize the fact that, man, it's made me realize the fact that so many things in life have happened getting me ready for this moment in life. I mean, we're going to get into the interview in a second here, guys. And uh, we have a powerful episode with my with my buddy Ryan Miller from down in the great country of Australia, down 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 yonder. Well, <laughs> uh, in the land in the land down under. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Down yonder. Yeah. Gosh, country boy. Anyway, so uh, we're going to get in a second. But man, um, I've been so, so grateful. This is off topic, but I was just thinking about it. I just made a post uh, a second ago. Um, but I've just been thinking about it, man. There's been so many amazing things. And that's the one thing, guys, I, I guess this is the point I'm making. Sometimes you don't realize the things that you're learning and the things you're experiencing right now, sometimes they might not make sense, right, as to why all these things are happening. However, several years down the road, it might make a whole lot, heck of a lot more sense as to why you were passionate about this thing, as to why this did not happen or that did happen or this event happened or whatever have you. It may not make sense in the moment, but going forward, it absolutely will. Like, for example, um, I know I've already talked about this before, I, I believe, but re- regardless, it's worth it's worth saying again. Um, recently, you know, was was in a was in a you know scenario with a girl, I should say, where I was super hopeful for, for it working out, and you know, fell for her harder than I realized I did, and didn't it working out, and so was was hurtful from that. And then the same week, more so, the same week that didn't work out, my mom told me she's got stage four colon cancer, and. It was the hardest week of my life, but what I realized was is that my mindset and the things that I've been learning and the life lessons that I experienced because of these things happening and the the, the way I responded to it and things of that nature, dude, that would not have happened if it hadn't have been for the things that had been going on years in the making, right? All the self-help, all the self-improvement, all the things that I've been doing to pour into myself, the different experiences I've had and such that have poured into myself that have made me the man I am today. If those events didn't happen, I'm not sure how I would have, how I would have taken the events of August 20th of this year in 2019. So anyways, I just say that to just to say like, dude, you might not know why certain things are happening in your life today. Just like with my friend, Elizabeth Frazier, if you haven't listened to that podcast talking about um, my friend, Elizabeth, who is in sex trafficking for over 20 years of her life, the things in your life might seem super hard, right? And they very well are super hard, right? However, the life lessons you can, you can, you know, yearn from them or you can gain from them, the experiences you can gain from them and what you're able to do, therefore, with your story to empower others with your story is freaking powerful. It's powerful, man. So there's, there's a reason why you're going through what you're going through, because these events are happening for you in order for you to empower someone else to make be relatable to someone else to move their life forward and so that way they can see your example through what you're going through you know and so it also you can also you know open your eyes up to some 
scenarios in your life that you might not realize. Like, for example, another another life lesson. This whole thing let me let me know and let me made me come to realize. I just say is that there's a lot of pain in the world, man. So it made me realize that it made me a lot more sympathetic. I should say to to a lot of the hurt that's going on, a lot of the suffering that's going on. And um, man, I'm just uh, I'm just very 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 grateful. So, anyways, I uh, just wanted to uh, to say that, man. And Gosh, it might not make sense in the moment, but dude, just keep going. Keep moving forward, man. Keep moving forward. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep moving forward. Y'all, let's get into it today. I am super freaking pumped. Y'all, if you are new to this podcast, first of all, welcome to The Qualified. Y'all, the reason this podcast is called The Qualified is because I believe that we are all qualified to make a difference in the world we live in. However, there is a massive difference. A massive difference between having potential and actually getting your butt out there and making things happen in your life, right? Which is why on this podcast, we discuss topics, ideas, strategies, things I've done in my life, as well as things of very inspiring guests, much like the man I have today that they've done in theirs that have helped to make a change. Y'all, with the ultimate goal being for you to use what we talk about, right? Use what we talk about, man, because that's that could be, dude, I, I've been saying this for a few weeks now, like the worst thing you can do is to listen to a podcast, hear something great from me, a guest, a quote, whatever, whether it's my podcast or someone else's, you know, it, you hear something, you're inspired by it, you love it, but then you don't use it. I mean, come on, man, like wake up, use what you're doing, use what you've been given through that, use what you gained through that and let it empower your life. Let it change your life because that's how we make this world better by how, by it chasing our potential and living a life that makes that positive impact by implementing the things that we hear on a consistent basis, learning from it, failing, and keep continuing to move forward. And if you're not, if, if you're not new to this podcast, you're already part of the Qualified Family, dude, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. And I really appreciate your commitment to getting better every day. You're freaking awesome, dude. So by the way, y'all, if you have been listening to this podcast for some period of time, would you please subscribe? Um, by the way, that would that would definitely help us grow through the charts. And the reason I even say that, and even more so, leave a five-star review as well if you've been listening already. But also I say this, tell someone about this podcast, man. If you've enjoyed it, tell someone about it. You know, whether it's this episode or another episode, let someone know about it. Let a friend know, let a family member know, shoot it out in a text, whichever. If it comes up a conversation, give your boy a shout. The reason I ask that though is because this reason, the more eyes and ears that we have in this podcast, the better ability that we have as a family to make an impact in someone's life in a positive way together. So if you could do that, You'd be helping the greater good and even making an impact in someone's life. Because, dude, honestly, sometimes we only need one word spoken at the right time in our life to dramatically improve the quality of our life. I know that's been true in my life. I'm confident you know that to be true in yours as well. So if you could do that, share it out, make an impact, that'd be amazing. You know, speaking of making an impact, there's an organization I started called Qualified Apparel that, dude, get this, that feeds families across America by selling apparel. How we accomplish that is a really cool means. It's called one equals 20, meaning that for every one item we sell, 20 meals are provided for families in America. And to date, we're at 10,980 meals and um, super exciting stuff, man. I've been making a lot of calls, doing a lot of work with that and really working to grow the impact with that. So if you're interested in that, link is in the description. And let's get this podcast started today, y'all. That was a little bit longer than usual uh, intro to this, but Life is so beautiful. I am so freaking excited about life. And um, gosh, I hope you are too. Anyways, y'all, let's get into this podcast today. Ryan Miller is the guest we have on The Qualified. And this gentleman is all the way from the land down under in, in Australia. I think he's from the area of North South, New South Wales. And this man is a man who I've been following on Instagram for a period of time. We haven't technically met in person yet. However, 
whenever I get down to Australia, which will be soon, um, I, that's I, one, of the, one of the top places I want to visit next to Norway as well. Uh, but whenever I get down, definitely going to meet up with him and, you know, go through, go on some training and stuff and just hang out with him, have a good time. But this man is someone who I've been super inspired by, not because of his, not simply, I should say, because of his athletic achievements, but more so because of his mindset. You're going to see why exactly why I reached out and wanted to have Ryan on the show because not only because he's got an amazing name, uh, <laughs> but because his mindset and how he deals with how he's dealt with life, it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows for this man. And um, I, I really am grateful to have him on the show. I was honored to have him on the show and have a great conversation with him. It was kind of funny, though. The uh, first time we had a talk, um, whenever I called, because he's in Australia, so he's actually, I think, uh, 12 hours ahead of me. I think he's 12 hours ahead or 15 hours ahead. That's a bit of a difference. But nonetheless, he's, he's uh, you know, I think it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's 12 hours or 15 hours ahead, one or the other. But anyways, he... Um, the first podcast we recorded, I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning and it was seven o'clock his time. And um, I realized that at the end of our, of our, our, of our podcast, the audio, it was an awesome podcast, the first one we recorded, but the audio was, was trash. And so I couldn't use it. And uh, anyways, and so I had to re-record it. And so, uh, but the second one was still great. Um, we covered a lot of the original, um, if not everything, uh, we covered in the original podcast. We were able to get on this one too. So pretty awesome stuff. And guys, I'm confident you're going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, here is my interview with Ryan Miller. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, Qualified Family, and welcome back, y'all. I am elated for today's guest. It is uh, 4.39 a.m. here in the great state of Texas, and it is 7.39 p.m. in the great country of Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the absolute pleasure of bringing someone on the show who I have been inspired by for, golly, several years now, and um, just a man who's really ins inspirational as far as like inspiring my life and like my long-term dreams with qualifying for the Ironman World Championship in Kona, Hawaii, and with just a lot of other areas as well. Just seeing his progress, seeing what he's been doing has really inspired me to achieve more of my life. So... With uh, it was with that brief intro. That's I have the pleasure of introducing my friend Ryan Miller. Dude, welcome to the qualified man. Thank you for having me on. Now it's uh, I wanted to talk to you for the second time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There we go, dude. There we go. Well, man, before I uh, before I get into like you know we get into talking about you know your story and um, you know what you're all about and what you're doing with life and such, um, I want to start with a quick word of prayer and then we'll get we'll get this thing popping. All right. Sounds good. Awesome, man. Well, dude, Father God, thank you so much for this amazing day. And uh, Lord, I thank you for bringing Ryan and I together as for a second time. And uh, Lord, that his schedule allowed it as well. And Lord, I pray that today's conversation, Lord, that you would bless it. And Father, that we uh, that you would empower me to ask the right questions to Ryan, to get the right kind of insights, the right kind of you know wisdom, encouragement, whatever needs to be discussed from, from my end, but also, Lord, that you would empower him to discuss the right things as well. Lord, whatever things need to be needs to be touched on, things that we might not even thought about touching on, Lord, that if someone's out there listening and that is exactly what they need to hear in their life, God, that you would empower one of us to say it and bring it up and that people's lives be changed in a positive way today. I thank you again for this awesome day as well. Lord, in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Soon. All right, man. Well, hey, I kind of gave a brief, brief overview, like I said, very brief. But like uh, for those people who don't know who you are or not, maybe not following you on your social media and whatnot, or maybe not being coached by you, uh, give us like an example of like who Ryan is, like, you know, what part of Australia you're from and, uh, you know, just like what you're all what you're doing for, you know, for work or with sport and like things like that. Just you know, tell us who, who you are, man. No worries, Radio. Well, I suppose uh, a brief overview. I, uh, I started out playing. Oh, I started out athletics as a as a young young guy coming through uh, school and whatnot. Uh, Cross country, loved all that sort of things. But uh, then moved into being in Australia. Australian rules football was a massive part of uh, growing up here. So played that for a number of years and um, in a little country town called Wagga Wagga, which is uh, in between Sydney and Melbourne. So two major cities in Australia, but we were out in the bush, so to speak. So sport was a big part of growing up. And then, um, yeah, at the end of sort of the football career, I, I, I just I got back into triathlons. I love them and was doing the Noosa Tri, and that's the, um, the largest Olympic distance race in the Southern Hemisphere. It gets about 6,000 people to it. So I can remember really? last wow. year of football. Yeah, it's, it's a massive, big multi-sport weekend, and, and it's where I caught the bug. I went up there just to have a bit of fun, but realised that I suppose I didn't want to get injured anymore playing football. I really uh, liked being super fit and just. And when you uh, say football to... for us Americans, by the way, we're yes, talking sorry. about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, AFL. The it's world, even yeah. different again. Yeah, it's even different again. So it's a it's a mixture between, um, yeah, I suppose gridiron soccer, and then you got AFL. So yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a pretty unique sport down here, but it's it's massive in Australia. And if you're Love young. It. A young guy coming through school, you're generally playing a bit of AFL or, or um, yeah, NRL, which is just your, your rugby league. So, yeah, sport's massive in Australia. So, uh, after I, I did the Noosa Triathlon, I had a, had a heap of mates from Wagga uh, doing an Ironman and oh, I thought they were crazy and, and thought, oh, look, I'll do one, I'll tick it off the bucket list and I'd never run a marathon, I'd never trained for that long. So, right. yeah, sort of trained up for the Ironman Australia, which was in 2015. And, um, yeah, went up there and just didn't know what to expect. Um, just enjoyed the day with about 25 uh, local go- athletes that went up to, to about a uh, 12-hour trip from Wagga up to uh, Port Macquarie. So, um, yeah, went up there and, and had a pretty good race and finished top 10 overall and qualified for the big one, Hawaii, and I'd probably, yeah, look, I understood the, <laughs> the, the I suppose, the, the the power of Hawaii and that sort of things. but I, when I was a kid, I, I used to watch it on TV, and I absolutely just loved it. You see it on the Wild World of Sports or in America, you see NBC. And, oh, you watched it on TV coverage. when you were younger as well? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I remember sitting there and going to do that one day. And then, oh, dude. And then as I was training for this one, Everyone goes, oh, yeah, you don't just do it. you got to qualify, and it could take you 10 years, and it's super hard. And, yeah, so then, then yeah, when I uh, went up to Port Macquarie and, and uh, qualified for for that one, I, I caught the bug. I went over to Hawaii that year and been back ever since. And I suppose that's where I am now in, in triathlon and um, going back over in about four weeks' time for my fifth year in a row. <laughs> Well, dude, I love how you, uh, even the first time when I heard it, when I, 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 over our first conversation, I, uh, I love how you just said it so nonchalantly because you, it's just like, yeah, dude, I was just training and it was a good time. But like for every other, 
<laughs> for every other like age grouper out there and such. Well, people who don't know um, uh, what we're talking about when we t- refer to triathlon, um, for us, it's you know swim, bike, and run, right? In that in that order. And whenever Ryan's talking about um, Kona, when I refer to Kona as well, what we're talking about is the Ironman World Championship in Kona, Hawaii. Um, very slight group of people that actually get there. I think it's about eight percent of all age group athletes ever qualify. So um, it's that makes what Ryan did even that much more incredible and uh, he's super humble so he's never going to brag about it but it's like i'm going to brag on him because i do that's (laughs) absolutely amazing so seriously that's that's absolutely incredible but i think it's funny uh we i don't think we touched on that last time we talked i didn't realize that you were actually watching on tv as well when you're younger and so that was that kind of a did you actually know what you're watching or was it kind of like would you know anything about the sport at that time whenever you were you know essentially inspired by watching it on tv yeah, as I was growing up, I was right into triathlons and it got to that point where I had a, a good friend of mine who was um, going after a pro license and, right. and you sort of get to that stage and you go, oh, back then it was, you know, not considered a job and, and very hard to get sponsors. And so that's why I've sort of gone into its natural path as a junior here was to, to go into AFL football, So, um, which right. is, yeah, like it's just our natural code. So, um I still watched it, and I still love triathlon, and and I just love the uh, the pinnacle of Hawaii, and I knew the um, I suppose the the importance of the race and, and how like you know how hard a physical challenge it was. So I always said I'd, I'd go back to it, but then as I sort of learned more and more about it, I realised the I suppose how tough it was, and and how it was only a select few. And then yeah, as a kid, you sit there and you're looking, they got the nice bikes and they're super fit and you go, yeah, this looks really good. But little do you know, you probably have to put in 25, 30 hour training weeks and, right. and, um, and train seven days a week, sometimes three times a day to even, uh, get a shot at, uh, yeah, to qualify for it. So, um, yeah, look, I, I suppose I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I definitely, uh, definitely had the bug back as a, a little kid watching on TV. <laughs> love it dude how was your like what was it like whenever you first qualified like what was it like um getting to the big island for the first time yeah look it was really weird um at the start i, I thought i was only ever going to do one and like you know and then as we were we were training a few of the guys were saying you know there's you, you can really have a crack at your age group and and i'd never ran a marathon before the furthest i'd ever run was 32 kilometers which um yeah uh, in a in a marathon it's obviously 42 26 miles right. um so i hadn't ever ridden uh ran that far and everyone's talking about in the war and this sort of stuff so when i when i did i mean i just i'm in australia i just loved it and i was lucky enough to have a pretty good race and and so i said oh look i'll, I'll go over and give this hawaii a go like it'd be amazing just to tick it off and i remember finishing the race over there and I just sort of really enjoyed the extreme conditions. You know, growing up in Australia, I love the heat. You swim at the beach and oceans right. and, and you're used to that. So it's something just clicked. And I remember I come back and um, the next qualifying race was uh, Bustleton over in Western Australia, which is oh, on yeah. the other side of Australia, yeah, yeah. which I, well, I think we spoke about before. Look, it's a great uh, iconic uh, race and it's got a, a two-kilometre wooden um jetty or pier that goes out into the water yeah. that you swim around so the 4k swim goes out around that so i remember that race was seven weeks away so straight after the horn i mean i said i'm going back next year i, I want to do better at this race so right. i um i i kept training i didn't really slow down didn't have recovery after kona and 
went straight over to Bustleton to qualify again. And, um, <laughs> yeah, look, there was, it's an interesting race over there. If you ever do do it, I think uh, uh, when we got out to the end of the pier, we'll – well, two k's from land, and I think there was a great white shark a kilometre from us, but we didn't know about it at the time. And and since they have changed the swim course because it is a bit of a sharky area over there. But, um, yeah, oh, yeah, but that's just a whole part of triathlon. And yeah, went right. back over there and, and qualified for the uh, for the following year. And and then, as I said, been hooked ever since. And and look, I never take it for granted qualifying for Hawaii. I know how right. super hard it is. And and one year I did really struggle to to get back with just with injuries and things but i was lucky enough to uh yeah qualify the last five years that's amazing dude i actually heard um the uh, swim portion of uh ironman western australia bustleton was actually canceled one year because of a great white shark sighting and they canceled the swim because of that reason yeah yeah over there they send the 70.3 off first so i believe that there was a few of them um scurrying up the ladders at the pier and running back down the pier so uh <laughs> the, the the ironman athletes were standing on the beach going what's going on here everyone's running back down the jetty so i think everyone was pretty happy to just do a uh, a bike run that day so yeah look but that's that's part of australia that's part of triathlon and uh and look, I think it's a pretty safe sport, really, when you think of uh, everything else that can go wrong. But it just adds to the the toughness of the race, I think. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Mentally tough as well. Speaking of sharks and whatnot, do you ever surf yourself uh, down in Australia? Um, so growing up as a kid, we always went to the beach, but it was more sort of uh, just on bodyboards or boogie boards back then. So sure. uh, I, I didn't really go out uh, surfing a lot, being from the bush. So um, hopefully... Um, move to the to the coast soon, so you're back on the water. But uh, even the open water swims, I, I tend to stay nice and close. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Hawaii is a different story. You, you're sort of two uh, k out in the open water, but you've got uh, twenty six hundred crazy other athletes with you, so you feel pretty safe. <laughs> right, right, for sure. I had a friend of mine actually out in. Um she lives out in California, so over by the Pacific Ocean, and she uh, was doing an open water swim. She's got a race coming up this weekend. She's doing a 70.3 Santa Cruz, and uh, she was talking about how a blue – or no, a humpback, yeah, a humpback whale came <laughs> – came up out of out of nowhere and was just swimming like right like within like 50 yards of her which wouldn't be a big deal necessarily however she's terrified of sharks i'm sorry <laughs> terrified of whales i think it's called cetophobia i think it's what the the, the technical phobia of it is called because like every ah. time she calls me actually her name actually has little whale emojis with a laughing <laughs> emoji I, I know it's probably as me as a friend i probably should like add to it because like i send her i send her whale videos every now and then just to <laughs> get with her but but she said like I, I i probably peed my pants at least three or four times whenever after i saw that whale it was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah look normally pretty safe i remember one year at kona around um, we're swimming along and uh, there's a nice school of dolphins coming along uh guiding us along so that oh, was wow. pretty cool and you and you generally know when there's dolphins around but um yeah you, you sort of do get to races and we've got a an app over here in australia called shark watch and it and actually, any of them that are tracked, it'll show you where they are. So oh, really? I've been to a few few races where mates will probably screen dump that, uh, screenshot that app, and say there's a few floating around on the swim course just to uh, just to make sure you're doing a fast swim leg. I think this is right. where you are. <laughs> <laughs> just to give you some motivation to get a new PR, yeah. right? 
exactly. I'm not doing good for Tourism Australia here, but it is really a fantastic place. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, the sharks aren't that bad. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Don't don't believe everything you hear. Plus, I, I hear no. that they're, they're they're probably you're most likely to get you know struck by lightning than you are to get eaten by a shark. So. Oh, but. exactly right. Look, we grow up on the ocean and yeah, you got more chance of getting hit by a bus, I think, walking down the street. So right. uh yeah, no, nah, it's uh, you're in their territory and I think if you respect that and exactly. and, and swim smart, you you would be pretty safe. But alas, it still is not gonna stop me from swim from surfing and uh I, or still it is gonna stop me from actually, you know what? Eventually I need to overcome that fear, I feel like, because I'm I'm terrified of the water, dude. And uh ah, I'll eventually get get over it, but I uh at the time I do want to go like whenever I do 70 points, I think I might either do Ironman Western Australia or 70.3 Western Australia someday. Uh, but like whenever I do, like, um, one of the things I want to do whenever I get to Australia is go to Port Lincoln and do some, uh, great white shark cage diving, I think would be a blast. So. Yeah, it is. There's some amazing dives around here, which um, which really showcases that. So, um, yeah, no, it'd be a great experience. Oh, for sure. Well, dude, you mentioned, um, Whenever you, uh, you know, after you first qualified for Kona, then you talked about going back to, uh, you know, Western Australia to qualify, um, to qualify again because you want to do better. Uh, where does that drive for you to like become better every day and like not settle come from? Yeah, I, I suppose it was just coming from, um, even from your parents growing up that they've just always showed me to, uh, I suppose, follow your dreams and, and chase what you're after. And, and, and I used to love playing team sport, but then I suppose it just got to that point where, um, yeah, triathlon come back in and, and, and to see that, to see that gain and, and the, and the, I suppose, comparison from year to year, that really is a drive. And, and I think, uh, and that's why I love triathlon. You know, you see a lot of people and they go, you know, but you've you've won this race or you've qualified here. What makes you go back? And and you know, to have times and have goals. And I think the main thing is, um, yeah, is you know, you, you can have dreams and things like that, but you need goals to get there as well. And and right. and if you are hitting them um, every day, look, you, someone goes, oh yeah, it's okay, but you got the motivation, you got the drive. But you know, I don't think you're just born with that. I think you need to get a taste of it. And and once you have it, it becomes quite addictive and uh, in a good way, it's uh, yeah. I suppose you, you can. I just love the fact that you just you, you never want to settle. So yeah, that's my main main drive is that if you consistently see yourself improving, well, um, yeah, literally the sky's the limit. Right. Why do you Why do you think? What Why Why is like settling? You know, like such a turnoff for you. Like why Why is it that you're always just like you know, dude? I hate to settle because you talked about that a lot in the last conversation we had. Was just you know, I. I never want to settle, you know, I never want to settle. Like you feel like you, you know, you, cause I feel like in, in essence, you know, your potential, like why is, why is settling? So like such a negative for you? Yeah, I think, um, people can just get comfortable and, uh, and I've seen a lot of people with a lot of talent and, um, a lot of goals and they just get comfortable and, and yeah, and, and settle. So, uh, it, it's one thing. And, and I suppose I'll use a little bit different motivation than most people, Look, everyone's is normally really positive, and you surround yourself with positive people. But right. when you do, you know, the world can be negative, and it can be, you know, friends, close friends, family that don't mean to be, but can say, "Look, oh, you know, you're you're never going to get to this stage, or you're never going to get here, or you know, well, why are you doing it? You're not getting paid, or something like that." So, and, and I tend to use that as motivations. If if you know, if you tell me I can't do it. I'll go ten times harder to uh, to to achieve that goal. Whereas if you sit there and go, oh, look, you've done that, you've done well, yeah, that just doesn't 
it doesn't sit well with me. So I suppose it's a, it, it can be a different thing, but uh, I, I think a lot of people have got it in them, but it, they are just very, very easily um, settling and, and being comfortable. And that's one great thing about triathlon is it, it never lets you settle or get comfortable. Well, for example, one year I went to Kona and um, thought I had a pretty good race, got in the top 10 of the age group. Um, and then come, I think I did a nine, nine sixteen or something. Come back the next year and knew what I had to work on. Uh, I wrote down a few weaknesses and right. and come back the next year and and had my fastest ever bike split on a tough course and there you go and uh, and then um, yeah and then had a, a really good run of the marathon and, and went sub nine at you know possibly the hardest Ironman courses in the world. And turned around and you know sub nine and everyone's going oh you you know you're eight fifty seven that's amazing as an age grouper in Kona and turned around and come seventeenth in the age group and I just you know took it on the chin and and said okay you went sub nine and still went seventeenth in your age group <laughs> yeah wow yeah. And it, look it was bittersweet it was uh, everyone said it's a fast year but at the end of the day you still got to ride Ooh. swim. Swim three point eight, run one hundred, uh, ride one hundred and eighty, and run forty two k's, and right. probably one of the hottest places on earth. So, um, yeah, but that, oh, that, that was at Kona, I guess. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, that gotcha. was last Sorry. year at Kona. So, oh. yeah, and then even this year, and I suppose it comes down to that never settle. I sort of had a little bit of a goal in mind on what I wanted to do. I had a, a few goals going into I'm in Australia. Or one was to win the age group, and one was to go top ten overall. And right. um, and I wanted to go as close as possible. I wanted to break that three-hour marathon off the bike. So uh, I ticked uh, ticked both of them, and then got to the last one, and I, I went a three o three and sub nine again on um, I'm in Australia, which they say is a very tough course. But um, I think you know, we spoke about it the last time we we had a chat, and I put up a photo, and it's got the times. It's it's a good finish line photos. It's got your swim, your bike, your run, your overall time, and had the sub nine and um and yeah won the age group but they had the 303 so the the first post i put up i think was now it's only three minutes away and everyone sort of said oh can't you just be happy with you know your age group win and and that sort of things but i think don't get that's it. what yeah, yeah exactly i think that's just what drives you and and you know someone might sit here and go you might never break three you know like some it's a it's a pretty fast time and it's it's a bit of a high high goal, but I think the problem with a lot of people is they they set their sights too low and they reach them. So um, yeah, like I think that's one of the best things is if you if your dreams doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. So yeah, that's one thing I like to go by. Dude, um, one thing that, it's funny you mentioned that I was actually just thinking I had this conversation um, with. Uh, uh, with a, a guy who um he, he basically we had a phone call yesterday to see you know because he wants to be he wanted me to be a guest on his podcast it's an honor to be and I wasn't sure what to expect so I was like let's have a phone call first and then we'll go from there and so we ended up talking for almost an hour like really connected well and I'm excited to be on his show and one of the things he talked about he mentioned that exact same part he was talking about you know he he mentioned uh, meeting some guy I forget what it was I think it was the gentleman he had met who was uh, running from Alaska to like the Florida Keys or something like that like a a long haul like well i forget how many thousands of miles it was but he was doing that over the duration of a year or something like that i forget what it was anyways um but he was talking about how just that same quote you know if your dreams don't scare you then they're not big enough and like dude for me i remember uh 
I hadn't shared this publicly, but I'm just going to go make it public now. There's a couple of more things I probably will touch on that I had done. I didn't tell you last time. I think will uh, will be valuable to the listeners out there. But like, I remember like even because sometimes when your dreams scare you, they can also bring up negative associations and negative like um, behavior too, because like you kind of use that as like an escape mechanism, you know, as well. It's like, whoa, whoa, that's too big. I'm not going to do that. That what's it going to cost in order for me to get there? I remember even back in 2018, because I used to deal with a lot of like suicidal thoughts and such. And like for me, I remember in 2018 when I when I realized what it was going to take me to grow my apparel company to be the leading positive impact brand in the world, you know, providing food, clean water, education, freedom from sex trafficking to millions across the globe every year, dude, it terrified me to the point where I literally had those suicidal thoughts where I'm like, dude, is it would be much easier for me just to end it now than to even just go forward and actually accomplish this stuff. And fortunately, though, I you know I was I was able to you know, I was just like a few like five or six minute you know conversation with myself that I was thinking about that but then I stopped I'm like dude I said if you have a dream that's that big that it terrifies you to that point I'm like that's pretty dang awesome too plus it's like dude what what like what kind of like calling do you have in your life if you even have those kind of dreams for yourself because most people don't have those kind of dreams for themselves right most people don't have the dream like just like in your in your instance of going sub three hours at Kona on the marathon that's an awesome dream to have, which also by, by doing that, you're also simultaneously qualifying for the Boston Marathon, which I'm not sure if you knew that, but the Boston, the uh, marathon course at Kona simultane- simultaneously doubles as a Boston Marathon qualifier, by the way. And um, so if you wanted to come to America and run the Boston Marathon, you're welcome to after that. But but uh, <laughs> but um, anyways, like it was just, I, I totally agree with that though, man. It's just that like you have to, you have to have a dream that's big enough that it terrifies you. And um it's uh, it's pretty amazing. I'm grateful that you have. I'm grateful that you have, you know, those dream dreams. And dude, I'm excited to see you actually do it. It's gonna be fun. I, you're, I'm just gonna be like, hey, I know that guy. He was on this show. Man, <laughs> <you know? laughs> that exactly right. And that's like, and looking back, seeing your uh, apparel company, it's great. Like, and and that's the thing. If you can get up every day and work on something like that, that's just right. seems so massive and and crazy. And, and the worst thing is there's probably a lot of people out there that will tell you you're crazy and it's too hard and how you're going to take on these other companies. And, and the best thing is you, you just use that as drive and motivation. And, and yeah, look, you're, you're going to get plenty of good mates that will say, look, you can do it and pat you on the back. But, yeah, as I said, I, I love using the, the drive of the negative ones just to uh, inspire you a bit more. So, no, I look forward to uh, tracking your story. Absolutely, man. Likewise. Dude, why do you think it is that – people are so negative when it comes to when it comes to when it comes to you like being successful in what you're doing or, or for that matter and anyone being successful in what they're doing and what and they're basically they're finding love and what they're doing and they're fulfilled in doing what they're doing why do you think people oftentimes react so negatively to those kind of things yeah look i, I try to listen to a lot of uh I suppose a lot of positive speakers and um look there's a couple from the states that are, are really good and um Gary, Gary V, and also ET Eric Thomas over yeah. there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And look, a lot of those guys. I listen to a lot of their podcasts and a lot of their speeches, and and I think and, and it's the same sort of thing. Anyway, we we call it tall poppy syndrome here in Australia, and and anyone who is successful or doing well is um yeah. Look, I think people are put off by it because, as I said, there's a lot of talented people out there. There's a lot of people with credibility but just are happy to settle and then when they see someone else going after it i think they resent a little bit and think that like oh, i could have done that or like oh if i trained i'd be that good or you know my company could have been successful i had that idea but right. you know hats off to the people who don't just sit there and 
and criticised and say, you know, oh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make it. I, I love the the ones that get out there and go, look, you can have your opinion, and and that's why I try to use them as, I suppose, motivation, and because there's plenty of people out there that, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, in that same mindset where they just probably don't want to see people be successful, or if they if they are successful, they think, well, you know, how come they're have got the followers or got the right. business and got the drive so yeah look i think it's uh it's a tricky one because you don't want to listen to too much of the negativity but um you certainly need it i think sometimes to in, inspire you to uh just keep that drive and motivation going absolutely dude what what speaking on that on that principle why do you think it is that some people take action and then other people do not like you just mentioned you know people that like you said they get resentful because they they know deep down they know deep down like dude I could have done that. I could have gone out there and qualified. I could have gone out there and started that business. I could have gone out there and done whatever. And matter of fact, they still could go out and do it today, right? <laughs> Nothing's stopping yeah. them. Why do you think why do you think it is that some people take action towards their dreams and some people never do? Yeah, look, I think it's those ones that taste a little bit success and then uh, and have that never settle attitude that we we're talking about before. Right. Look, I think um if you if you just take uh, any of these people, it didn't happen overnight. Like you look at world champions, you look at successful business owners, they don't make a million dollars overnight or they don't become world champion after a week of training. So right. I think that consistency and having that consistent mindset, I know when I was first got back in the water after football, I had a few shoulder injuries. Um, I was probably 10 kilos heavier playing football. I um, needed that for that contact side of things. I um, separated my shoulder, so I had a few issues there. And my first swim of a 50-metre pool, I swam up one end and stood on the other end for a minute, caught my breath, and then swam back. And, really? wow. and I remember the next week I could swim 100 metres and then you know, went on and on. And then that's what someone said to me. They go, oh, it's okay for you. You're a natural. And I said, well, you didn't see me at the pool when I was swimming 50 metres and catching my breath. And wow. then doing yeah. the next week, doing 400 metres and catching my breath. And, you know, and now you're doing one of the hardest endurance sports in the world but and I, and I think sometimes unfortunately social media can do that which I, I love to utilize the stories side of things as well because you know your social media is a highlight reel and it's and it's your successes and but I do try to incorporate a fair bit of the you know the the, the hardship and and the training side without you know p- people don't want to see that because they they think you are bragging that oh you know you're doing this you're doing that but I think there's too many people to jump on quickly and go, oh, yeah, but are oh, you traveling again or you're doing this? But they're not seeing the 4 a.m. starts or the 10 right. p.m. finishes and the three training sessions with blisters and, and painkillers and, and anti-inflammatories and things. So um, that's what I love about social media. You can tell a bit of a story and, and um, look, it's a bit hurtful when you get people in there saying that, oh, you know, you've risen pretty quick. Are, are you on? Are you on? you know, performance enhancing drugs or, or things like that. And, and you know, and that's when I sort of sit there and I go, yeah, use that as motivation and, and look, some of these some of these comments and things, I've, I've screenshotted them before and, and when it's, you know, 4.30 in the afternoon, it's 43 degrees here or, like, you know, summer, middle of summer and you've got to go for that second run, uh, it might just be one of those comments that you go, yeah, right, yeah, that'll get me out the door. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think that's just, it's just the consistency and it's just day in, day out. It's not rocket science. And it's the same right. that comes down to the coaching that I'm involved in now. 
it's just um you know you have people that just want it overnight and unfortunately you got to just say to them it's uh it's a process and if you're not in it for the long haul unfortunately it's business it's it's anything you, you can't be successful overnight yeah and it takes it takes time it's a journey it's not a, it's not a, it's a journey it's not a, it's not a sprint it's a marathon as they say right but it's gotta love that process dude one of the things i i, I before i forget i keep on thinking about it when you every time it gets briefly brought up you <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't bring it up, but you mentioned Instagram, but you are masterful. I just want to commend you, man. You are masterful at, at responding to haters, dude. I, I absolutely love it whenever you <laughs> whenever whenever you roast haters. Like there was one time, I forget what I like how long ago this was. You might remember this post. Uh, but it was a uh, a guy who was like guy or girl, I think it was a dude though, who was uh throwing some shade your way or something like that, talking about Kona or whatever it was. And you respond, you took a screenshot of it. You are, you, you responded to the comment. Then you took a screenshot of it and posted it to your story and said, this is fuel to the fire or whatever. Uh, but like, essentially you were talking about how like, yeah, man, you know, I'll be happy to see you there on the big Island next week. You know, next week, whenever you're there, I said, let me know whenever you're there. Happy to see you, mate. Oh, wait, your profile is private and you probably haven't qualified either. So uh, thanks for that. And so or, I forget what it was. It was maybe <laughs> something to that effect. I forget exactly what it was, but it was just, you know, some troll that was just throwing shade your way. And the guy had, you know, private account was, was some stupid, you know, profile picture. And was just, you know, basically just hating on your life and whatnot. But it was just hilarious. Your response to him was just masterful. I loved it. Yeah, look, I, I think it can be a, a lonely and uh, and and hard sport sometimes. So you got to have a bit of fun, and, uh, oh, and yeah, sure. look, and you often get a few of these guys just jump up and and uh, I, I think his comment was uh, if you took if you took um, train more than you took photos, you'd be uh, you'd be world champion. And I, and I thought, uh, well, I think Instagram's all about photos, and I was currently at that point working forty hours a week, training thirty hours a week. And uh, in the biggest block of Ironman training, and uh, and I thought if you can't put up one photo, uh, yeah, it, oh, one photo a week of a forty-hour training week, I said, yeah. So anyway, it was. Uh, I had a fair few people jump on in my support, so I thought I'd just give them a shout out, and uh, and yeah, it was. It's just like getting a new bike; it gives you a bit of motivation for that last little four weeks, and uh, he, he helped me break. Uh, broke nine hours anyway and i think there might have been a few comments on the post i put up asking where he was after it but he never popped back up unfortunately so uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> love it man uh, one thing that you had uh, reminded me whenever you're talking earlier about you know people don't see the hard work right they don't see the time when you were just in the pool and you you know you swam 50 50 meters and you were gassed you know and you had to take a breath breath before you swam again but you kept on progressing there's this book that I read a while back and I still love coming back to it. It's called James, it's by James Allen. You might've read it. It's called as a man thinketh. And, um, what it talk, there's this quote that I love. It's kind of longer, but I, uh, it bears, it bears, uh, it's really applicable to this. I'm just going to read it from my phone real quick. It says the thoughtless, the ignorant and indolent, seeing only the apparent effects of things and not the things themselves. Talk of law, talk of fortune and chance. Seeing a man grow rich, they say how lucky he is. Observing another in become intellectual, they exclaim how highly favored he is. And noting the saintly character and wide influence of another, they remark how chance aids him at every turn. They don't see the trials and failures and the struggles which these men have voluntarily encountered in order to gain their experience, have no knowledge of the sacrifices they have made, of the undaunted efforts they have put forth, 
of the faith they have exercised that they might overcome the apparently insurmountable and realize the vision of their heart. They do not know the darkness and the heartaches. They only see the lights and the joy, and they call it luck. Do not see the longing, arduous journey, but only behold the pleasant goal and call it good fortune. Do not understand the process, but only perceive the result and call it chance. I'm like, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. I read that the first time I was like, dude, that is so freaking good. But it comes down to like just what you do, man. It's like people don't see like the process you've been doing this sport in. I mean, granted, you you were athletic when you started, but that didn't guarantee you a spot. You still had to work your tail off to get there, you know? And so, my goodness, you still had to put in the work, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I love about um, this sport is that, you know, the more work you put in, the more rewards you get and and you can't you can't fake it um you know like there's a lot of team sports or some things where you can probably just sit in the background and, and ride off a good team or that sort of things but um what uh, one of the good things everyone used to say to me but oh how do you do the i mean like you know you can just stop and whenever you like and then they you know you, you do a five or a six hour training session on the stationary bike at home and they said yeah but how do you mentally do that? You could just get off whenever you want because you're at home. And I said, yeah, well, you can stop in an Ironman too, but you just mm-hmm. don't. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and look, an Ironman or, you know, anything like that kind of sport is, uh, look, I think the physical side of things is is a big part, but um, definitely the mental side of things is is what um, people don't look into. And, um, yeah, I think that uh, it tends to get overlooked. And that's why I love these quotes, these books and these speakers because, uh yeah, yeah, your mind will go ten times before your body will. So if you don't train your mind, it's uh, yeah, yeah, you're leaving a piece of the puzzle out there. I think for sure. What's one? I hundred percent agree with that as well. That's that's freaking powerful. What's one part um, that you remember? Whether it's been in a race, maybe it's been in a training session, where you your body felt like you couldn't go another step, but you know in your but you knew in your mind that you know what? Hey, we're not done. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, look, I suppose you, you have a few of them in uh, in in Ironman and, and and whatnot, and and you pretty much nearly get in every race. But um, absolutely, I suppose, um, yeah, like, and that's what is so powerful about the Ironman World Championships. Like, it's a pretty spiritual place, and they talk about the lava fields and and being out there, uh, you know, amongst it all. And and um, I suppose, and, and I love the fact now that you can one year on the same sporting arena as as you know, all the superstars, are, I think I've, I've said this before to yourself as well, that, you know, it's like playing um, at Wimbledon with, um, you know, um, Roger Federer or, you know, right. you're, you're playing soccer against David Beckham or, or you know, Lionel Messi or any of those sort of guys, you know, and to be running out there in the Kona, in Kona Lava Fields with, with the best in the world, it's, um, it's pretty surreal. So, um yeah that, that side of things and to know that people are tracking you all around the world you can sit back and you know, you know be in texas or be in australia and, and and track someone and watch someone and and that's motivation for me too is because there's plenty of people out there that are behind you and want to see you do well but there's definitely plenty of people out there as well tracking and and those people that are sort of sitting there waiting for you to stop and i think that's the best motivation ever mm-hmm. that uh you know, you, you just don't succumb to the, to, to that thought. So, uh, yeah, that that's what drives me. I I sort of tend to um 
to tend to use that negativity as a positive, especially deep in a race. Yeah, I love it, man. I mean, it's so true. I like I, I've done, been there myself as well. You, you like you want to stop, but then you think about, dude, if I stop, I'm gonna let all these other people down, but also I might prove other people right. So I'm like, heck, no, I'm not stopping. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just got all the motivation you need sometimes. Absolutely, dude. Um, what's uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but like, what's what's something? Have you ever dealt with like um, you know, the feelings of inadequacy in your life, like not feeling good enough? Um, yeah, I, I suppose, um, especially with triathlon and things like that, uh, and, 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 and competing and being so open about your sporting career and things like that, I suppose the expectation of, you know, if you are doing well and you, and you are sort of knocking these times down and doing that, I suppose that, that the pressure on that is, is to, is to always keep going. So that is definitely hard. And, and I know even with, um, some interrupted preps when you've got injury and sickness and you know you just get a few setbacks after setbacks and and i think that's when you do feel feel that come into it and 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 you feel the pressure and you just go like why is you know nothing going more way what you know what's and that's when i tend to just look back to why you started and you know that first race you did as a as a bucket list to tick it off and just that sense of achievement and and that's where I've sort of even gone with this prep is uh, back to the drawing board and just going back to, you know what, who cares about anything else out there or proving anything you've you've only got to prove prove it to yourself and and you're here for fun and and you're here because you love it and and I think that sort of uh, takes over from from any of those thoughts or right. because look we all we're all human we all get them um, and I think someone would be lying if that if they didn't and said they just have the perfect perfect prep whether it's you know in business or in life or in sports so um adversity is part of the journey and um and i think it's just how you embrace it and how you deal with it is uh is a true true character in the athlete or the person absolutely speaking of adversity man uh, we had uh talked about this the last time as well and i certainly want to bring this up again you had um from from the from the outside looking in, it would it would seem just based off like Instagram, but like we are talked about, and we already know this to be true. It's like Instagram just seems like a big highlight reel, right? And like it's very very few and far between that people actually get vulnerable, like you've done as well, like sharing the fact that hey, I've been injured, hey, I'm not always been perfect, hey, you know, you share your story, and I love that. And but like sometimes from the outside looking in, we can also if someone didn't read the captions you put on, right? If someone didn't read like the the content that you put out there as well, they could just seem like you know what, dude, this life, this guy's life's been all sunshine and rainbows essentially. But like, what's been one of the biggest adversities you've had to overcome in your life? Yeah, look, um, yeah, we've we touched on this, and and I think it's probably why the world championships is so special to me. And and I remember the the first year I qualified. Um, I raced at Ironman Australia, and it was going pretty well. And uh, and my dad was uh, pretty sick at the time, and and uh, he went in for some surgery. And it was probably about uh, probably about ten weeks out from Kona, and he had major surgery on his liver, and looked like that they, um, yeah, like he, he, I didn't think he could come over. And um, anyway, so he was recovering from that, and and I actually what kind of surgery was it? Um, so he had had cancer in the in the liver. So um, they actually had to uh, take some of his liver out, and uh, and it was successful, and they got it all. But he was extremely sick, and 
and and it was probably days before like he was in hospital at the time and and i just had a routine skin check and and they found a, a melanoma on, on myself and took it out and had to go in and get more out it was it was pretty bad but they got it early so i think i had about 14 stitches in in my back and wow. i was looking like i wasn't even gonna go as well but I, I sort of kept it to myself until i got the results back and and then told told the guy told mum and dad who who uh were being in and out of hospital and and then it was probably about six weeks before i was going to go over and and um my brother actually just um got some tickets for mum and dad and said you're going over so um your daddy's probably not long out of hospital and and heading over from our winter to the, the you know the i think it was 100 percent humidity and 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 stinking hot and and my first time in Kona, and it was just amazing and when we talk about you know in the race and and wanting to do it uh for someone and and i remember here here he was out um on the queen k uh that they take a bus out to 60 kilometers in so um out on the queen k highway and, and rode past and and dad had to sit back in the bus because it was so hot and and anyway at the end of the it was probably about i think i did about a nine nine hour 20 um or nine hour 25 first time in there and i'm running down the line and and it was unbelievable there's people everywhere you can't sort of it's like any ironman finish it's it's something you can't describe you it's people there's songs playing you can hear mike riley right. the voice of ironman yelling out and i remember i got to the top of the the step and i looked over to my right and and, and amongst all these people and and the crowds backed up probably oh, i don't even know how deep it was there but for some reason i looked over to my right and he daddy's straight on the fence and um mm -hmm. yeah it's something that i remember uh to this day and and i think i spoke to you before about it um he lost his battle after another probably about four bouts of cancer Jeez. after that and uh so it was obviously a very special place and i was love going back to Kona and it was only last year that same sort of scenario my mum had come over um just to watch and, and my partner as well and I was running down that finish line same thing just broke nine hours and and uh, I was absolutely exhausted got to the top step and I looked over that same spot and um and without even knowing and I had never heard the story before and and here's my partner standing exactly the same spot as where dad was you know probably four years earlier and yeah there's a finish line picture i'll put up on instagram and i was just pointing straight over to the spot and <laughs> yeah it's probably my favorite uh, favorite uh picture i high five moment at the start of the race and when i got to the finish line i looked over and um and that's what just made me realize how special that race is and wow. and uh and how good it could be so yeah look at it's i suppose adversities it's everywhere but uh um yeah that it's it's been a tough tough journey for me the last few years after losing dad but i think that's what uh triathlon's so good for it uh keeps you in that positive mind frame and that active mind frame so yeah i'm, I'm grateful for it yeah absolutely man were you and your dad super close as well yeah yeah look he uh i, I think i said uh it might have been at uh at his funeral we ha um, had some words and i got up there and i think still to this day he's probably the only one who's never called me crazy or mad when you know he's heard about i've gone and ridden 200 k's on a saturday morning and been <laughs> home by 11 o'clock and, and everyone's going oh you're crazy and why do you do it and you know he always used to sit back and and just used to uh yeah well, 
always get around it and yeah so it was it was always good he he sort of he wasn't into triathlon so to speak he played um afl football as a, as a kid but yeah he'd be at every race and at every finish line so yeah, it was a pretty pretty special bond and and it was just great the sport could could do that as well so yeah no wow. it's uh yeah very special I love that, man. Well, dude, I'm sorry to hear that you lost your uh, lost your father, but man, it sounds like you and him, you'd have had some awesome memories, man. It sounds like you, you know, especially having the support of your of your father too, and like obviously have the support of your mother as well, and you know your partner and such. I mean, she's there for you too. But man, just like having the having that support there and having those amazing memories, especially one that is at such an iconic race that you can look back. Cause you've mentioned last time we were talking that Kona more so is kind of a, kind of a home race for you now, because it's something that you just have come to just really love and enjoy. And there's so many great, amazing memories there. So I'm grateful that you have that, man. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, and look, and that's why I'm grateful every time I do qualify. It's uh, it's, it's not every year you get to go, to an amazing spot like Hawaii and Kona right. and things like that, let alone to compete in that race. And and I've been lucky to do it, yeah, the last five years. And and it does just feel like uh, feels like yeah, you just your annual holiday where you go there. So uh, I'll never take it for granted because it can uh, it can go as quickly as it comes, especially yeah, how competitive it's getting these days. But uh, I definitely uh, definitely soak it up while I'm there. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. What's what's been one of your? I remember you mentioned you mentioned this last time, and uh, I, I love this the, the fact that you're able to experience that. Well, I mean, I didn't like the, the I didn't like how it happened more so to him, but um, I what's what's one one of your uh, favorite experiences, uh, favorite memories, I should say, from from Kona. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think we spoke about this, and um, and even before talking about it, like when you you're competing on on a stage with uh you know, with some of the heroes and their idols and things like that. And, and I remember it was, um, I think it was two years ago, I was running out on the Queen K and, and, and people say like, oh, you know, you, you can, you can just pull out whenever. And, and, uh, and I've never pulled out of a race and touch wood, never have to with injury or anything like that. But, um, you know, you got Jan Fredino who, if people don't know, is a world champion. He's won Olympic gold medals, 70.3, half Ironman world world championships and and he's won the ironman world championships a couple of times and and he was favorite to win i think he got off the bike and he was um right up there and and um i was running into the energy lab and he was just running out and having a bad day he'd been walking and and i think he did a nine hour 30 which is still a great time but a lot of age groupers were beating him and and yeah and as he's as he's running out i just looked at him and i said i respect mate and he looked back and said cheers mate and like yeah, it, was, it just went to show that it doesn't matter what sort of day you're having or or how tough it is that you know it's we sit here and they go oh you can just pull out but when you've got someone like that who's a world champion who gets paid anyway he's got sponsors and all that kind of thing and could, should probably preserve his body for the next race still had that much respect for for that race and and the iconic um, environment he was in that he, he just kept going and and finished the day and um, yeah look that was just it's pretty cool. As I said, we don't often get to uh, share the, the same sporting arena or field or, or that as a, as a people you look up to. So it was pretty, uh, pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I love that, man. Especially the fact that he was even positive and responding as well, you know. And so he could have, he, he could have just, you know, cussed you out for that matter. Be like, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, <screw> me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like I, I've never met the never met the man, but it sounds just from like that experience and just in everything that you see him talk about whenever he gets interviewed and such. He's a real class act. So I love that. 
yeah, no, it's uh, it is it's awesome when they give back to the sport like that. It shows uh, the true sportsman they are. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Well, man, this has been just as awesome as the first one, man. Before I uh, before I wrap this up, acknowledge you and ask you the final two questions. Was there anything that you um, that we hadn't discussed that you wanted to maybe touch on or add? No, look, I, I suppose that the main thing is, um, yeah, just anyone out there following um along and, and doing your thing yeah don't be afraid to to put up your journey and to um and and to document it because look it's amazing and um you, you know you think it's you're just doing it as a bit of a passport and to to go back and look on but you never know who you might inspire to, to go for that run or or to uh, just to get up and be healthy they don't have to be doing ironman or triathlons or or being a super athlete or anything but um you know there's nothing better when someone messages you and say hey i just ended my first triathlon and um because of your training and stuff and you know you made me get out of bed and do 5ks this morning because i've seen your story or something so um yeah sometimes we don't realize that we are helping in a, in a positive way so as, as much as there is people out there probably you know going like oh this bloke again there's probably you know twice as many out there saying like oh good on you and and uh and probably getting something out of it so um yeah don't be afraid to put it down and and we'll reach out as well because not everyone will ignore you on social media and people do get around it. And, um, and that's the best thing about it is that, uh, yeah, you can connect with like-minded people. So, yeah. Love it, man. Yeah, definitely agree. Put it out there, man. Let, let people know what you're going through and to be vulnerable. There's strength in that vulnerability as well. You know, put, share your story. You never know who you're inspiring. You never know who's watching. So love it. All right, dude. Yep, for sure. Well, the fi- final thing with me, uh, or before the final two questions, I want to acknowledge you real fast, man. I, I, have been following your account for i think since i started my instagram back in 2016 i think you were one of the earliest maybe one of the earliest um, accounts i started following and um you know document my journey to qualifying and such and recently i already told you this before but like recently i just you know changed some goals of mine um around to you know what hey i'm gonna focus on my business and feeding more famous across america and you know getting the impacts that i want to have with this company focusing on this solely, but like, cause, and the reason I even made that decision because I'm like, dude, I have time on my side. You know, I see people like yourself, you know, and other guys that I follow and other you know, women that I follow for that matter, um, that are still getting out there and qualifying for the Ironman world championship. And it, like, to me, I just look at you as inspirational and, and you know, the fact that you're in your thirties as well, not too much older than I am that you're still doing it. And I'm like, dude, if he's doing it, then I absolutely have have the means to do it myself, you know? And so I just want to thank you for sharing your journey and being transparent that way and sharing your struggles as well. Just like you've shared today. I mean, that's, that's absolutely incredible. And I love the fact that you're consistently motivated by, to just continue getting better, continue never settling because like that to me, dude, is exactly what is exactly what this whole podcast, the mission behind this whole podcast is all about to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. So you're a living and breathing example of that. You're never going to settle because why? You know you're capable of more and you know you're made for more and you're qualified for more, which is why you're going out and doing it. And simultaneously, you're making an impact to other people's lives as well that are watching your journey, that are watching you go out there and smash the day every single day and uh, just have an amazing time doing it. So I just, I love the fact that you're doing what you're doing, man. I just want to say, keep it up and um, I admire you and uh, look forward to eventually getting down to the land on under and uh and, see, and meeting you up someday it's gonna be a good time yeah we'd love to have you down here mate we'll uh definitely show you around we can take you on some uh rides and yeah definitely don't give up on that kona dream because i'd uh love to yeah toe the line with you there one day and uh be nothing better than high-fiving out in that lava field one day 
Oh, dude, that's going to happen, man. That's going to be so much fun. I never thought about that, too. That's going to be a freaking blast, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, dude. Well, one, uh, before I yeah, let me go ahead and ask you the final three questions, and the same questions I ask every guest on the Qualified Podcast. First one is, how does someone chase their potential to live a lot? To, gosh, I, I almost merged the questions again. How does someone <laughs> chase, the, the, chase their potential to become the person they were created to become? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I think about the, the this a lot, and I suppose that the best way to chase your potential is to is just to be consistent in in never settling. So you know, whether it's um, sport, business, or anything, you set a goal and you chase it. And um, that the biggest thing is once you get that goal, is is to not settle. I think too many people, um, yeah, have got potential that do settle early. So um if you do raise a bar and you get there raise it again and and, and go again yeah. whether it's um yeah whether it's in day-to-day life or and it, it can even just be daily goals like you know a goal doesn't have to be 12 months down the track a goal can be you know by five o'clock tomorrow afternoon or by the end of the week and and i think sometimes it can be daunting when you sit here and you go you know, I want this company to go global or I want to be the number one or I want to be, you know, the best in the world of the sport. But if you just chip off day by day, it, uh, it it's, doesn't seem as, uh, as daunting. So, yeah, just take it one step at a time and, and don't settle. Agreed. Agreed. Love that answer, man. And final question, dude. How does What is living a life that makes a positive impact look like for you? Um. I suppose a positive impact is, um, yeah. I, and I think I think it was this question last time that we spoke about this, and and I don't think you can make a positive impact if you're not in that positive frame of mind yourself. And mm. and sometimes people say um, you have to be a bit, I, I suppose, um, selfish. But um, if you're in that positive mindset, you can you can really really i suppose affect other people as well so if you can if you can set your your goals and and, and your positivity to to bring yourself up um you, you'll definitely bring others with you and and i use the same same quote before is when you jump an airplane and, and the first thing they say you know in the event of an emergency put your oxygen mask on first before you do someone else's and and I love that, not to the sense that you put yourself first, but you can't help others if, if you're not right. So, you know, if you need to take an hour, a week, a day, a year out to work on you, uh, it's definitely worthwhile because the more you work on you and, and, and the more you've got is the more you've got to give. So, you know, you can't, you know, you can't give a hundred percent of, of 10%. So, you know, if, if you're not a hundred percent, you can't give anything. So yeah, get to that hundred percent and then, and then help, help everyone else come along with you. I love it. Dude, actually it's funny. You, you mentioned that there's a book that I've been reading recently. It's called, uh, how to stop the pain. It's by Dr. James B. Richards. And one of the things it talks about in that book, it says the one of the greatest acts of service you can do for someone else is to work on yourself and work on your faults and work on your things that you need to work out first before you ever start working, start giving, you know, to someone else, like working yourself first. It might, it, it's might sound selfish, but it's like, it's good to be selfish first in that aspect, because the more you work on yourself, the more you give to yourself, you can't give what you do not have, because then you'll be able to give more to them as well. and be more of an asset really. Yeah, hundred percent. And you see people that try to do it the other way and, and look, you respect people that just got, 
nothing but um you know everything for everyone else but uh, it, it eventually takes its toll and you know we want everyone to succeed so everyone's got to be at 100 percent. so yeah I, I think work on yourself get yourself there and and then bring everyone along for the ride i think is the uh is the best piece of advice absolutely dude absolutely well dude this has been a tr- real treat ryan i really appreciate you coming on man where can uh where can people connect with you online yeah, look, uh, um, I suppose I do a lot of the uh, stuff through Instagram. So it's uh, Fryzy09, so F-R-I-Z-E-E-09. And uh, yeah, and, and on Facebook as well. Um, we do a bit of coaching under one of the, um, the, the the pro athletes here in Australia, Clayton Fattel. So it's um, it's Clayton Fattel Racing. Um, so yeah, there's um, Clayton, myself, uh, my partner, uh, Ash Thomas, who's a dietitian. Um, so yeah, look, we're... we're we're concentrating now on helping other people get to things like Kona and, and just to do local races and, and even just in general with uh, nutrition and, and, and healthy lifestyle. So um, we've got CF Racing that's on Instagram as well, on Facebook, and, and we're coaching people all around the world, not just Australia, and uh, just creating a bit of a community that's, that's just like-minded people that, you know, you don't have to be that elite-level athlete if you just want to take that next step in a healthy lifestyle and, and nutrition. Um, yeah, look, we're we're definitely only only a message away, so reach out and we'd love to help out. Love it, dude. Well, I didn't touch on this, but what's the, what's one of the most rewarding parts of uh, I guess if, I guess technically the final question, but like, what's the uh, most rewarding part for you being a coach? Um, I suppose it's uh, it, it's just growing uh, as a as an athlete yourself so you think you've um got it all worked out and and everything runs smoothly but um like even with my prep for kona this year it's it's uh, been a bit rocky but it's just helped me as an athlete um with with coaching um my athletes as well like you know everyone goes through adversities and and injuries and and ups and downs and i think if you haven't if you haven't been through them yourself it's uh it's very hard to coach that so um yeah look just the that side of things is, is seeing people grow and helping them along the journey is uh, is one of the biggest, I suppose, rewards um, with the coaching side of things. And I just really love that and really love trying to give back to the sport that's given me so much. And, and it's great to see people, uh, yeah, I suppose, fall in love with it like I have. Love it, man. I love what you said, talking about growth and everything. I love, John Maxwell talks about this. He says, um, growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better. So I love it, dude. Yeah, 100%. Well, man, thank you again for coming on the second time and uh, <laughs> for giving me your time. You shared a lot of wisdom today, man. And uh, seriously, thank you for uh, giving up your time and uh, coming on the show. This is a real treat. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. And uh, and just like to say, you're doing a great a great job out there. And, and look, as, as much as you've followed me, I think I've followed you for the same amount of time, mate, and you've inspired me along the way. And, and with the apparel company and the podcast and just uh, – you know, even when I'm having a, a struggling on a Monday to get out of bed and I'm a bit sore from training, mate, I, I see your stories and uh, and, it, and it's no doubt got me out of bed on a Monday morning a few times as well. So uh, keep <laughs> it up. It's, uh, it's enjoyable and, and it's, yeah, I love it, mate. Really do. Well, I appreciate that, man. Coming from you, that means a lot. So seriously, thank you for giving me that word of encouragement. I really appreciate that too, dude. Thank you so much. Nah, awesome. Awesome. Man. Well, today, we'll to be chatting with you soon, Ryan. Have an amazing rest of your day because you're about to go to bed here in a little bit over there, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Yep. <laughs> there you go. I'm just getting my day started, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right, dude. We'll chat with you soon, man. Have an amazing rest of your day. No worries. Awesome. Thanks so much.
And ladies and gentlemen, that is the episode. <laughs> Tell me, man. I so much loved talking with Ryan, man, especially when he talked about never settling, you know, and consistently pushing yourself towards your potential and also using the negativity of other people to, ch to push your life forward. Whenever someone tells you you can't do something, like, hey, you'll never do this, you'll never do that, can't achieve that, can't do that, letting that fuel your fire. You know, I, I absolutely loved it. And then also, you know, his drive when it comes to, you know, losing his father and the things that how Kona means so much to him now and qualifying for the world championship and just continuing to push forward every single time. And by doing that, by putting it, especially by putting his journey on social media as well, he's simultaneously making a positive impact. So I'm confident you got, you got value out of this episode. I know I did. So guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you haven't already, please subscribe and dude, we've been at about 25 reviews on the qualified podcast, which I am super grateful for. And if you've been listening, would you please just do this? It takes a quick second. Leaving a five-star review would help us out tremendously. But also, a written review is great as well. And the reason I guess that, just like I said in the beginning, the more reviews, the more five-star reviews, and the more people that we have written reviews and subscribe to the podcast, the better ability we have to climb up in the polls and get in front of people that might not have otherwise seen us. And therefore, we have an ability to make an impact in the life in a positive way. So if you could do that for me, I'd really appreciate it. And that would be super califragilistic, expialidocious. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, seriously, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Until next Wednesday. Actually, no, I'm going to see you on Sunday. I'm releasing um, another episode um, talking about, yeah, I'm releasing another episode on Sunday. So I'm going to see you guys Sunday. Until then, chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. See ya.